It's seven minutes past three o'clock on KDKA, the day after the midterm elections. And some things just didn't go exactly as planned. And I think that's probably more so for the Republicans than it is for the Democrats. And let's find out if that observation is correct by somebody who knows an awful lot about these things. He teaches political science at Duquesne University. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Lou Irwin. Dr. Irwin, good to have you on the program. How are you? I'm doing really well, Rick. Uh, how are you today? How was the buzz on campus today? How much do college students who come from all over the country, how much do they want to talk politics, even though it's not necessarily in their home state? Well, of course, I do teach American politics and uh, American government, so I do have a pretty interested audience in those topics. But what really jumped out at me this cycle, Rick, was that uh, ordinarily when I when – I, um, do an informal survey of my classes to see who's voting and who's not voting. And, of course, I'm encouraging them to get out to vote. Usually my classes mirror the average of the usual uh, 18 to 29 age group. And that means only about 25 percent of those students uh, you would expect would be voting. Yeah. Instead, this year we had we had the majority of students were actually turning out to vote. Did the turnout of Gen Z impact any of these races in Pennsylvania? I think it actually did have a pretty uh, significant impact. Um, so one of those exercises that I do in uh, one of my classes on the Congress uh, just before the elections was to look at to, to look at the different polling that was out there. And you have different uh, polls of polls and different polling houses and such. And we tried to figure out what would have to go right for the Democrats to have a better night than everybody's expecting it was going to be. And we settled on a couple of things. One, uh, abortion had to be a bigger issue on the minds of voters than uh, was kind of being tracked in those last polls regarding what the, the significant issues were on voters' minds. Um, democracy protection, as uh, the Democrats described it, was going to have to be a significant issue. But also the polling was going to have to be right. And, um, you know, that hadn't been the case in the last several election cycles. Mm-hmm. And we got to tip our caps to the pollsters because they actually got it right this year. Yeah. So the question that I had to former Governor Tom Corbett about a half hour ago was, was the shortcoming the message among Republicans in Pennsylvania or was it the messengers who were carrying that to the electorate? What do you suppose it was? Well, in terms of Pennsylvania and the two statewide races, um, the Senate race and the gubernatorial race, there was no question that those two candidates uh, brought some baggage with them to uh, to the races, right? Yep. Um, in both cases, they had endorsements from the former president, uh, former President Trump, but um, that was really helpful for them in the primary elections. But it saddled them with some baggage in the in the general, and in and in particular in the case of uh, the Mastriano campaign. Uh, they doubled down on that particular message that resonated with the base in the uh, in the primary. That was not a winning strategy for for the fall. What should the message have been? So let's just take the the issue, let's say, of abortion, right, which you say resonated very much so with women. That's what they were saying in exit polling for sure. What should the message have been among Republicans? Should it have been, listen, I'm running for senator. I have absolutely no control whatsoever as to what Pennsylvania policy is. You have the right to have an abortion in this state, so that should not be an issue determining how you vote for a U.S. senator. Would that message have been effective, or would that message have been, don't treat me like I'm stupid. <laughs> I think you might be onto something there, Rick, because ordinarily the, the 
the parties aren't going to talk about issues that uh, do not play to their strengths, right? Their goal, will, their goal is to maximize the turnout of their base and, uh, and to undercut the turnout on the other side uh, for, the, for the other side's candidates. In this particular case, uh, by all accounts, going into the last couple weeks of the, of the, uh, of the, elect- of the campaign season, it looked like the Republicans actually had a winning message. I mean, the polling indicated, um, in terms of the generic vote, right, uh, in the interest of the voters, that voters had actually returned back to kind of what we might describe as their default setting, where the economy, uh, concerns about inflation, concerns about crime, so you think about security and prosperity is one way of putting it, that those can be paramount. Mm-hmm. But even though that issue polling indicated that voters cared about these things, ultimately what seems to have happened is uh, we've had we've had what we've had since around the year 2000, which we would describe as a base identity election. The term base identity election simply means that they're not going to go beyond what are typical core values for that party. That's right. Um, we're in a we're in an age of polarization, and um, and, and I use these terms uh, advisedly, intentionally. But we're really talking about tribal identity, right, that yeah. there are yeah. two tribes in American politics today, and you either belong to one tribe or you belong to the other tribe. And so what I think we saw in this particular election was that those, uh, those base identity concerns, um, and really the thing, that, the thing that triggered this for the Democrats in Pennsylvania and, and frankly, for, some, uh, for many independent women, right, in Pennsylvania, I think, uh, was the issue of abortion rights. And so those concerns on the, on the Democrat side about abortion rights and democracy protection overrode what is often uh, kind of the overriding concern, which is our, our concerns about uh, the economy. Um, in poll after poll, year after year, the economy always scores as the number one concern of the average voter. In fact, if we look at presidential approval ratings over, over the years, they tend to be mostly correlated directly with macroeconomic performance in the United States. So how could the Republicans have missed that mark by such a wide margin? It was a low-hanging fruit if there ever was one, right, based on what inflation was, what energy prices were, what food prices were. I mean, how could they have missed that mark? Well, what I, I think happened in this case was the Republicans may have relied upon conventional wisdom when, in fact, what went on was something outside of the norm. In what way? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background evidence on this. So uh, the Dobbs decision came out uh, in June, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go back to June, there were – it was leaked and then it was uh, issued, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go back to kind of the, the – call it a naturally occurring experiment. We got to see how the electorate was behaving before Dobbs and after Dobbs based on how – uh, turnout and uh, the, how the parties did in special elections before and after Dobbs. And the difference between before and after is really remarkable. So there were, there were 10 special elections. We're talking about U.S. House elections. Uh, 10 special elections before the Dobbs decision mm-hmm. was issued. And in those 10 elections, the Republicans actually did exactly what you would expect the party that's out of power in the White House to do in a midterm election. They were um, using partisan uh, voter index. They were performing at about what we call an R plus two 
uh, rate. So they were doing 2% better than you would have expected them to do otherwise. Uh-huh. And that's the average of those 10 elections. But it's really remarkable what happened after the Dobbs decision. So you have four elections that take place between June, June 28th and August 23rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in places like Nebraska, Minnesota, and two of them in New York, right? So it's kind of, a, it's kind of spread out there a little bit between red states and blue states. And you went from an R-plus-2 performance for the parties before Dobbs to, get this, Rick, a D-plus-9 average performance wow. after Dobbs. Wow. So, so what happened, though, was you didn't have any more special elections, right? And all of a sudden you had all this polling that said correctly, this is why I'm tipping the cap to the pollsters, that Americans were really concerned about inflation, really mm. concerned about the economy. Yep. They had growing concerns about crime. All of the things that Republicans thought played to their strengths and were right in their wheelhouse. But what I'm saying is, ultimately, that, that uh, intense interest in the issue of abortion rights, and we also know from exit polling that, uh, on the Democratic side, democracy protection. That was something that really yep. helped uh, Josh Shapiro, yep. right? Um, that those issues were percolating out there, they had never gone away. And so even you could, so you had voters who could hold two thoughts in their head at one time. They could be concerned about inflation and they could be concerned about uh, the economy. But when it came time to cast a vote, they went home to their, uh, to their, uh, to their base. Yep. And, yep. and, and again, the only reason, you know, when I tell you that uh, there were long, I lived downtown, uh, when there were long lines downtown to, at 7 o'clock in the morning, because I went before I went uh, to, the, to the university, yeah. uh, that was unusual, right? And what was almost more unusual about it was they were predominantly young people. Yeah, and, and that was uh, that Gen Z factor that we were talking about. Well, Lou, you have given us a million things to ruminate upon, and I think the Republicans will have two years to see if they can figure it out. I don't know if that's enough time. I, I mean, just based on it seems like a lost opportunity based on sort of the things that were givens going into the race. But it is always great to have you here to help us break it down. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rick. Have yep. a good day.